Boston Celtics lose. Winning streak is over. They took the Bulls lightly, and it stung them. But, as Malcolm Brogdon says, there's a silver lining here, and we're going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast that drops directly to your device if you are subscribed. So please do so. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. And I love it that you make it your first listen every single day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. In fact, I should order a new batch of those. People want to give those as a Christmas gift, a holiday gift. It's coming up, johncorrales.com. I'll get a new new shipment in, and this way I can be prepared for uh, holiday gift giving for a Celtics fan. It actually be a a great, uh, great gift, I think. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com. That's H-E-L-P slash locked on NBA. The Boston Celtics lost. They lost to the Chicago Bulls and uh, not uh, was not pretty in this one at all. The Celtics uh, final score is 121-107. Chicago, uh, after the first quarter, uh, the Celtics had five of 17, five of 17 from three. They took 22 shots in that first quarter. 17 were threes. So even I can do that quick math, five, two pointers in the first quarter. Uh, that is, is not just not good enough here. Uh, later on, we'll get into more of the individual stuff. But right away, the big story, the big storyline coming out of this is simply the Celtics came in and took the Bulls lightly. They had basically admitted it. They came in, uh, Jason Tatum, after the game, said, we should have known a little better that they haven't felt great recently. They were not desperate, but they came out playing like they really wanted to win. But uh, let's say it. They were desperate. They'd lost four games in a row. They are, uh, they're, they're struggling. They had internal strife. They had, uh, the, the coach, Billy Donovan and Zach Levine, like Donovan had benched Zach Levine and there was some stuff going back and forth in the media there. All of that was adding up. And I saw that and I said, Hey, look, the Celtics are catching these guys at the right time. And it turned out to be a trap turned out to be a trap game. And the the Bulls came out with more desperation. Let's call it desperation because that's what it was. They needed a win, and the best team in the NBA came into town, and they said, all right, 
this is we're going to get ourselves back on track against this team. We beat them here before. We can do it again. And the Celtics rolled in and said, hey, we're the best team in the league. You guys are kind of in in shambles right now. So uh, bow to your masters. It didn't exactly work that way. Celtics came in, took them lightly, and they all of a sudden they let guys like Patrick Williams get going. Patrick Williams, they dared him to shoot. He hits a shot, and next thing you know, he's going like between his legs, behind his back, doing prime Jordan stuff. You're like, oh. Okay, that's what happens when you let Patrick Williams get a little bit of confidence. DeMar DeRozan starts hitting three-pointers and playing with confidence. Zach Levine is playing with confidence after a 1-of-14 night that led to his benching. Uh, He comes in and he shoots 5-of-10 from three. And at the end of the fourth quarter, the shot clock's winding down. It's the last possession of the game. He ends up taking and making a three-pointer. Which I've seen, I saw some people like oh, that was not necessary. I think that was as much of a, a a middle finger to his own coach as it was to anybody else. I don't think he meant to disrespect the Celtics with that shot. I think he was just trying to say, "Hey, watch me in this fourth quarter. Watch me put this game away." And I think he wanted to send a message to Billy Donovan as much as anybody. But the Celtics, with their lax defense, kind of let him going. Ayudasumu, same thing, five of eight. Javante Green gets gets loose. Alex Caruso gets loose. These guys are all getting loose. They're playing comfortable. Meanwhile, the Celtics come in struggling. That first quarter was an absolute struggle, and they turned it around in the second half, but by that point, it was too late. It was really too late. And once you start taking a team lightly and they have that confidence, it's hard to – it's just hard – for the team trying to make the comeback to actually pull that off. They had a couple of opportunities. They had cut the the lead to eight uh, early in that fourth quarter, but Vucevic was off the floor. DeRozan was off the floor. Donovan gets them in. uh, And and as soon as they come back in, quick 5-0 run, the lead's back up to 13. And the Celtics could just never get out of their own way. They kept make they, they kept with the turnovers, more turnovers, uh, 15 turnovers in this game. And a lot of them were live ball. And it was some were, Hey, good, good play Chicago. Some of them were, where the hell are you? Where, where's my, where's my outlet? Where's my guy? Where, where's this guy in the corner? I got into a little argument online about Jalen Brown. He had a turnover where he jumped. He, he did the typical Jalen Brown thing. Dribble, jump, you know, spin, jump, and then pass it to nobody. You're stuck. You're in the air. You got nobody. And everybody says that's Jalen Brown's fault. And yes, it is his fault in, in some regards. But also, where's his guy in the corner? Where, where are the guys around him? Where's everybody on, on, the, on the perimeter? What out where's where can he pass to? Like there's there are layers to these turnovers. And and why I highlight that is it's not that just that Jason or, or Jalen Brown did something and you're like, oh well, that's a turnover. It's that he did something wrong and somebody else did something wrong, and everybody was doing something wrong. As Joe Mazzula said after the New Orleans games, these turnovers are not generally one person's fault. And some of them were, 
Marcus Smart just dribbled a ball off his leg. What are you going to do? That happens. But if you're going to come in and be uh, taking a team lightly and playing soft and you got to turn it on, you say, okay, fourth quarter, we're turning it on. Okay. Hey, good teams do that sometimes. Well, you got to play perfect at that point. You got to give your, you can't give yourself any margin. You, you haven't given yourself any margin for error anymore. And the Celtics kept screwing up. So that's the big story of this game is the Celtics came in. They relied too much on the three pointer with that outrageous shooting number. They still shot 53 pointers in this and 38% is okay. 38% is okay. That's above average. You take, you, you take that, but in, and in the second half, they shot 11 of 24, 40, almost 46%. That's perfect. Yeah, that's great. That second half shooting was great. They hit 50% of their shots. They hit 46% of their, their three-pointers. But Chicago, over that same stretch, hit 55% of their shots and 7 of 13 from three. So they, they were just deadlier. And the Celtics were imperfect, we'll say imperfect down the stretch too many turnovers too many killer plays you, they they make a run they finally get a couple of stops they cut it to eight then they turn the ball over not focused not focused get to more of this game here uh including Malcolm Brogdon's night who uh he, he was really the the lone I think just start to finish bright spot and why this game there's a silver lining to this game that's coming up in just a minute. First, today's episode is brought to you by Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. It's basically car sharing. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion across the United States, the UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, holiday, holidays are coming up, find affordable economy cars. If you just want to get from point A to point B, you can test drive new electric vehicles that you, you've been looking at to see how it fits into your everyday life. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo, T-U-R-O, Turo.com. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. When you're done with this show, head on over to Locked On Sports today. It's a great way to get caught up on all the biggest stories in sports in just about 20 minutes. All the games that matter, local experts, local hosts, like only the Locked On Podcast Network can provide. Check it out wherever you got this podcast. Watch the show on YouTube. Let's just run through what we saw in this game from these guys. Uh, I thought the only guy who had, I think, a start-to-finish game where I can say, hey, this guy this guy played really well was Malcolm Brogdon, who came back uh, from his last – he returned in the last game in uh, New Orleans, but this was a, a, a nice kind of – the game that we expected from Malcolm Brogdon – Eight of 13 from the field, five of six from three, which is amazing. 23 points, six assists, 
just uh, actually no turnovers for Malcolm Brogdon. Just a great performance all along here. Uh, he he willed, I think, the Celtics late in the game to to get back to this that eight point lead. He, I think, was the catalyst for Boston's best chances down the stretch. But unfortunately, the Celtics could just never poke uh, any further into the lead. Jason Tatum, I thought, uh, was he, he had a he had a good game, like twenty eight points, eleven rebounds, seven assists. Maybe I'm just he was good in the fourth quarter, but maybe I'm just uh, spoiled by some of the games that he's had earlier this season. Where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a good game. I'm just kind of, maybe I'm just not impressed by the uh, uh, like 28 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, yeah, it was a good game. Nothing special. I'm not. I don't look at this game and think, oh wow, Tatum had his, his, this awesome shooting night or anything like that. He shot fairly well. I mean, four of ten from three. That's 40. percent That's good. Nine of 19 overall. 47.5%. That that's fine. Six of seven from the line. Got to the line seven times. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just gotta watch this game again and and, and focus a little bit more. I, I I got so caught up in the misses early that I was a little bit surprised at the end of the game when I said, Oh, gee, wow, Tatum was 28, 11 rebounds and seven assists is a hell of a game. But it was a minus 13. And maybe I was just too caught up in Chicago's doing all kind of whatever they want. Um and he did have the four turnovers, so I don't know. I, but but Jalen Brown also twenty five points, seven rebounds, couple of assists, but he had five turnovers. He shot forty five percent from the field, nine of twenty. If he hit one more shot, it would have been fifty percent. You'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Also four of ten from three, so he he was fine. But and and look, J- Jalen Brown was really important. I, I should say that I, I, I did notice more of Jalen Brown's good play in this game because I thought Jalen in the second quarter was really the reason. Like, I, I shouldn't downplay it. He carried the team in the second quarter. He carried them for long stretches. The, you go back at the end, you say, wow, those five turnovers, man. One was certainly his fault, but also other people's fault. Uh, the one that I mentioned already. And I wrote up, I, I talked about this on yesterday's podcast. I wrote it up on Boston Sports Journal. Uh, the the assists, the way the Celtics offense with the proper spacing can turn some of these Jalen Brown turnovers like we saw early in this game. That could have easily been an assist. And it's, I, I'll, I'll just say it this way. If Jalen Brown isn't trying to create a basket, if he isn't trying to make something happen, then this this game doesn't even like the, it becomes a, a blowout. The Celtics wouldn't have even had a chance. And he's a scorer, and he's a scorer first. He's a he has a scorer's mentality. He wants to make plays happen, and he we have to figure something out here when it comes to Jalen Brown. And I think either he becomes a different player, or the Celtics say, "Hey, when Jalen is." has the ball you have to understand that this is what he's going to do he's going to probe he's going to 
put his head down. He's going to try to make a play, and he's gotten really good at those fadeaway jumpers and stuff. But when he starts to drive, we all have to fan out. We have to get into those spots because we know that he's going to need an outlet at some point. So at this point, we have to say, well, Jalen kind of is who he is in a lot of respects when it comes to that. The mentality is just he's just going to put his head down and try to score. And he's not going to be a distributor. He has the potential to have six and seven and eight assist games and maybe bigger games when some of it is set play, some of it is transition. But when he gets himself into what I'll call trouble, if he has an outlet to go to, then that can be an assist because the, the, the trouble that he gets himself into is drawing a lot of attention. When he gets the ball and he's trying to cook down in the post or gets it into the paint, and he's drawing three and four guys, the attention of three and four guys, he should be able to spray that all over the floor and say, okay, I see three guys now. Now I'm passing it. You know, he he is who he is as far as a player, as far as a mentality goes. So either work with it, or maybe we just shouldn't expect him to change that much, and you just deal with it. But, yeah, and he's a young guy, but he's also, this is kind of who he is. So either work with it or don't. But I think when the Celtics realize, okay, Jalen's trying to go get moving. Somebody, somebody has to get to a spot in his peripheral vision where he can say, okay, I'm stuck. Here's this guy. Here's that guy. Because otherwise, he's going to try to loft something over somebody's head and he's going to pass it to the other team. And it's... It's just, it's not, I'm not going to put it all on Jalen because a lot of times he does the same thing and he hits this crazy fadeaway and we celebrate it. Some player, like he's not a perfect player. He's not an MVP candidate, but he's a potential all NBA guy. And people are going to get upset that I said he's not an MVP candidate, but he's, a, he, he's still really, really good. I just don't see him as that next level good. Part of what makes him that good is this is part of it. This is part of it. I can't in good conscience sit here and say, I'm going to accept Marcus Smart for everything that he does and who he is and say, hey, sometimes you got to take the good with the bad with Marcus Smart because who he is makes him great. You got to do that with Jalen Brown some. You have to when it comes to this on the floor stuff. So. I do think that the, the turnovers are a an issue. I think there's a, a certainly the stuff that Jalen Brown can say, can do a little bit better, just get off the ball a little bit sooner sometimes, but also the team has to help. The team definitely has to help. Uh, quickly, Al Horford. Jeez, man, what a rough game for Al Horford. That was tough. 0 for 9 from the field. Uh, historically bad game for Mark for, for Al Horford. Um, I thought, I thought all of his shots were fine. I really thought that all, all of Al Horford shots were, were good shots, but they, he was just off. And I don't know if he should have been on the floor at the end. Like, I think it was, it's such an off night where you say, okay, we'll just go with Grant who had a better game and, and hope for the best. 
go with Luke Cornett and just, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to do that. Nine field goal attempts, the most Horford has ever, the most shots he's ever taken without hitting a single shot was six going into this game. Nine now, 0 for 9. It's only the second time in his career that he's scoreless. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. I'll be honest with you. When you look at it and you say, there's only four games in his entire career, four in his entire career that he hasn't hit a basket. And only two where he hasn't gotten to the line and ended up scoreless. So, sucks sucks for that to happen tonight, but impressive, impressive that it, you know, that, that, that happens to a lot of players sometimes. All right. So Tatum was okay. Grant, Grant had a, a good shooting night. That's it. So up next, silver lining. Malcolm Brogdon had some interesting comments about how they're processing this loss. It'd be a good thing. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. First, today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a good thing, especially if you're trying to hire somebody. And I know firsthand that hiring people is tough. I grew up in a small business. I've had to hire people before. Uh, I know that it's difficult, but LinkedIn jobs allows you to get to the pool of people you need to talk about. This is the best part about what it does. It's super easy to create a job post. It's super easy to have uh, to spread the word because you add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word. But what it does is it gives you a pool of candidates that fit your needs. And then you can use their simple tools like screening questions. Uh, and, and that makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's just like putting a team together. Sometimes you got to get more people than are on your roster and you got to start cutting and that's how it works. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So to find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the Boston Celtics winning streak is over. It reached nine. Nine game winning streaks are hard to come by. You're not going to find a whole lot of nine game winning streaks in an NBA season. So the Celtics had one. That's great. There is, they were due to lose sometime. And a lot of people were calling this a trap game before the game. And they were absolutely correct. The Celtics have a big homestand coming up. Very easy to look ahead to the Dallas Mavericks game. They play Sacramento, which is an offense that's running just as good or better now, actually, than the Celtics. You have Miami coming up twice. There's there's some really important games coming up on that, that homestand. So, yeah, it's easy to look past a team that had lost four in a row. The Celtics were not focused. They took the Bulls very, very lightly. And, you know, I, I'm big on silver linings. I personally believe that in most cases, most cases, maybe almost universally, there are probably a few exceptions, but in most cases, when bad things happen, there's a good, there's a good thing 
within it. And the it's the, the inverse is true as well. Inverse. When good things happen, you have to be aware of what the negative side effects of that is as you know, might be as well. So, but okay. They lost. They shouldn't have lost to Chicago, but they did. And after the game, Malcolm Brogdon acknowledged that and said, there's definitely a silver lining. We're going home. We're about to play Dallas, a really, really good team. This was definitely a good game to, and they caught himself and he says, I don't want to say lose, but a good game to reset us and have us refocus going back home and understanding we have a target on our back every night and teams are going to give us their best basketball. And I agree with that. I agree with that notion. I, I agree that, hey, it's every once in a while, a little bit of a reality check is, is a good thing because each win that you put together brings you a little bit further and further and further away from reality. Just a little bit. And it's hard to stay grounded and stay focused and to do all the little things that you're supposed to do when you just keep on winning. And especially when you keep winning and some of these games, you're like, well, we didn't play our best, but we found a way. All right. That's great. It's great that you find a way to win these ugly games, but do you, how do you process that? How do you get to that next, that next game? Do you go into the next game and say, well, we've got to start from scratch. This is the Joe Missoula analogy that we we heard a few weeks ago, building the sandcastles. It's, do you have what it takes to come in every day and build the new sandcastle? At the end of the day, that sandcastle is going to be gone and you have to come in the next day and build a new one. You got to put in that work to put that new one together. And it takes a lot. Building a sandcastle is hard because it's very intricate. Getting out there and, and putting together the pieces that you need to beat an NBA team every night, it's hard. And if you start skipping steps or if you start saying like, you know what, we're just going to rely on the three-pointers. We're just going to take our three-pointers. We're a great three-point shooting team. Let's just Let's just fire away. We'll figure it out. If you go into a game thinking, yeah, yeah, no, we'll figure it out. We'll just shoot our way out of it. You get the first quarter. You get 17 three-pointers in a quarter, and the Celtics only hitting five. Because if you're cold and that's your plan, then then what? I have no problem with the Celtics taking all these three pointers. I, I don't even have a problem with the number 17 as far as three pointers go. If you generate good ones, and, and I think they mostly generated good ones, but at the same time, there has to be a line. And Brogdon actually addressed this as well. You know, we've got to be able to play inside the arc and still defend. That's what he said. If the threes aren't fault, we he said, quote, I think we need more balance, which is an important, important thing for the Celtics to kind of remember out of this. You need more balance. You have to understand, yes, you're generating three pointers and yes, you're generating some good looks, but also when none of them are falling and you're what, like one for 10 or something like that, maybe you just try something different. Maybe you just say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to take this particular one 
let's see if we can't find a, a, a our way to the rim and, and get to the free throw line and just feel comfortable, get some shots to fall. That's the hard work that tends to fall apart, kind of fall away from what the Celtics need to do to win games. And so the gentle reminder of a loss that maybe you should have won, that can be the silver lining. The, oh, okay, well, they're still the best team in the East. They're still, I'm sorry, in the NBA. They still lead the East. They still have the league's best winning percentage. And they're, I think, at the top still of uh, offensive rating or, or not. They're, they're neck and neck with Sacramento. And so, in the end, okay, this is a loss. The Celtics will win a game somewhere along the way that you say, wow, that should have been a loss, and they won that game. That will make up for this. It will balance out somewhere along the way. It's a long season. So these little gentle reminders of, hey, guys, you want to mess around and find out this is what's going to happen. I I like that every time the Celtics kind of play subpar, they, they don't get away with it because these are some old habits. These are some old things. And any time a coach can get a message out there to his guys and say, hey, hey, Hello, wakey, wakey, can't do this, can't fall asleep, can't just not drive the ball, can't just jump in the air and just think that you're going to get bailed out. Let's everybody, let's get back together here, all right? You got Dallas coming up. We got to focus. What do we do well? Ball movement. And the Celtics did move the ball, but you got to take it to that next step. You got to take that. You got to get to that good shot. Give up the good shot for the great shot. Still have that. Still have to find those great shots, those great opportunities. And hey, sometimes the night it's just not going to go your way. I think you saw early on Joe Mazzula, who never calls timeouts, calls one like right away, three minutes into the game, because he knew he saw what the what what the team was doing. He saw the Celtics kind of struggling their way through this the, the early part. He could tell right away that the team didn't have it. But then at the same time, the Celtics, when they actually did start getting some uh getting to the rim, like Marcus Smart had a shot with uh when was it? 745 to go in the third quarter. Where Smart gets into the lane up fakes, goes to the other side, spins up a very easy reverse layup that he can make in his sleep, and it rims out. I mean, some nights, some nights, once you get that deep into the trap game, that deep into, like, everything's, everything's starting to go wrong, then that's just going to happen. But the reminder that, hey, guys, remember, every single time you play like this, it's a struggle. So just try to find your way back and find your way back sooner than halfway through the fourth quarter. Celtics are uh, heading back to Boston 
big, big homestand coming up. Six games at home, starting with the Dallas Mavericks. Tomorrow's an off day. They travel back to Boston for that. I will be here after the games on these off days. I will have a post-game Friday, post-Sacramento podcast for you. A little extra bonus podcast. So subscribe. This is the only place you're going to get this amount of content, this amount of podcasting. Even after a loss, we can talk through the loss. You don't have to avoid it. We can talk through it. This is a sane, safe place. We can enjoy getting through it together. So make sure you're subscribed. I'm here for you. We can work through it. Hopefully by this point, if you if you're one of the people who sticks through the entire podcast, then hopefully by this point you have come to this like this peaceful spot and say, you know what? It's okay. It's just a loss. No, I'm not happy that they they mailed it in a little bit, but we're we're comfortable about them coming out better on the other side. So if you haven't subscribed by now, please do so. I know Thanksgiving is coming up. You have, I'll have to give you podcasts to cook to, podcasts to clean to, all that stuff, podcasts to share with your family so you can tell your family and your friends and everybody that they should also be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.